Welcome to the Vox Community Podcast. Learn more about Vox Community at voxoc.com. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at voxoc.com slash live and at the Eldorado Performing Arts Center. That's right. Let's get an applause for waiting for our technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, hello, hello, hello. The fall is upon us. Who has already had a pumpkin spice latte? Good. Oh, one person chimed in. Oh, that's progress because, you know, drinking and eating a lot of those. Anyways, I've been doing keto for a week, or I'm sorry, a month, and I'm down 10 pounds. Yeah, all right. Completely non-related to church. <laughs> um, good morning. Uh, my name is Andy. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. If this is your first time here, welcome to our little church called Vox Community. Um, you can learn everything about us at voxoc.com. Um, Man, I'm just really excited, uh, really kind of for this season of life, of our church and all of that. Um, you guys would be amazed at how many um, people I sit with that will share um, so many of the similar journeys that a lot of you have shared just about you know, being at a former church and either getting kicked out or having big disagreements with maybe their eldership and then they weren't welcome there to come anymore. Actually, just recently um, sat with someone who had planted a church. It had gone on for four years and then the church actually ended in a fist fight, like inside of like the church itself. And so um, it's just obviously shocking. I'd never heard anything like that. So um, uh, I really hope that doesn't happen to us. I don't think it will. <laughs> but hey, come on, let's go. No. Um, anyhow, uh, Carrie is going to be teaching with us today. Um, we're super excited about that. Uh, we got, we're going to do a couple things different today, uh, actually related specifically to the questions. Uh, but the only thing I really have to uh, announce and kind of encourage you to jump into is our Vox dinners. Uh, do we have a slide? There we go. So, um, for those of you who don't know, um, our way of getting to know each other in the community is by just offering dinner out to you guys once a month at houses um, all around Orange County. Um, the South County one is full. The Fullerton one is already full. But uh, we still have space at our Placentia location, our La Mirada location, and our Long Beach location. So yeah, we actually have folks who are coming from Long Beach all the way down to you know San Clemente, Dana Point, San Juan area. So uh, it's a lot of fun to really be kind of across uh, the region here doing what we do. So sign up on the website, voxoc.com. Again, they're just dinners. These aren't Bible studies. It's just a way for you to um, you know, meet people and get connected and build relationships and, uh, and do that. So uh, I'm going to jump into a couple questions we have, and that'll get us into Carrie's teaching because I know she has a lot to say today, and that's a good thing because we're talking about the Holy Spirit still, so this is cool. Um, all right, question number one. Hi, I'd like to suggest, thank you for your suggestion, uh, we take communion together in silence one week. Ooh, mysterious. Have any, um, have everyone go up quietly in a meditative state, no one passing out the elements. As a church, we have observed some quiet time, and I found it beneficial and would love to try it with the communion table. Fantastic suggestion. Um, what they're referring to is experiencing quiet time lately, as we've kind of uh, ad uh, adopted or kind of looked back at an old tradition called Electio Divina, which is a, a bit of a process and a way to look at scriptures way not just to read it, but also to experience it with a little bit of quiet time and reflection and that type of thing. And, and that's been, um, you've all said how positive of an experience that's been. And so um, this is kind of obviously coming off of that. So we are going to do that today. So uh, Carrie will take us into that moment when we get there uh, for communion. So we will look forward to that. Next question. 
I was wondering when we are going to have an update on church business. Yes, where we are financially, etc. Great question. We're closing next week. Um, of course not. No, no, no. Um, so uh, we've been talking about that. So we are going to do um, a bit of a church business meeting. If that, if you are the kind of person that'd be interested in attending that, um, we're trying to solidify a date um, in October sometime, um, more likely mid to late October. We were making calls um, earlier this week about a place to do it just because uh, for the amount of folks that have expressed interest in this, we're like, well, we probably need to prepare for anywhere from maybe 50 to 70 people. And that would be a little bit too much for a house. So um, we are looking into to a venue uh, to do that at, um, and it'll be more of a midweek uh, meeting. So that is coming um, next week. We'll give you actual specific details to that, and that is what we will do. So I'm going to get off the stage. We're going to get right into it with teaching this morning, and um, yep, here's Carrie. Me. Tag out. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, good. That was a really welcoming hi. Put my tea here. Okay, so um, I have a lot to share with you guys today, and um, and I'm excited about it, and I'm processing through it, which makes me also remind me that all of the process groups were sold out or whatever, however you would, they were all filled, which means amazing things are about to happen in your life. And I'm so proud of you men for stepping in and saying yes to some of the things that I know you're like, I mean, some dudes came up to my husband and were like, seriously, bro, is this like, is everybody just gonna be crying? And like, I'm not into that, you know? And Mario's like, no, no, it's gonna be fine. So uh, I'm really proud of you for stepping in and, and wanting to learn how to connect to God and yourself and others more. I'm proud of this church for creating spaces for that. So if you are new here, I wanna welcome you. My name is Carrie. I am ah, one of the teaching pastors here. Um, and normally I'm super funny and have a great story at the beginning. And I have all these applicable things that I could share from scripture to my own personal life. I have zero time for that today. So just come back another week and I'll be funny then. Um, but today we need to dive into the scriptures because I really believe that, I really believe that God has such empowering words for you today and is going to meet you right where you are if you are open to hearing. So some of it is, a lot of it is the work of the Holy Spirit, and some of it is your willingness to say, I am open and I am willing. So I'm going to pray over us today that we would just have open hearts to hear what God has to say, um, what the Holy Spirit is doing, is doing, not did do, is doing currently, and, um, and that we, that I would just be filled to speak what God has to say to you, and that all my weirdness would get out of the way, and that all my influence and my thoughts would just be like, eh, who cares? Um, and that Jesus would fill this place, that his spirit would fill this place and fill your heart no matter where you are. So let me pray over you guys. God, um, I'm just going to ask God for your power to come. I'm going to ask God for your spirit to fill this place, Lord. For those that have come that might not know you and feel like they are on the outside looking in, maybe they have come and they have heard things about you that, to be honest, are not true. But they're giving it one last try. And so they came in this morning with a questioning heart, um, yet they've come, which shows they're open. So God, I pray that you would meet them today 
in a way that only you can. I, I pray, God, for those that have been walking with you for many years. I pray that you would challenge us this morning to believe something bigger than you, that it's not about our humanism or our abilities. It is really about your strength and your power. And the smaller we are, the bigger you can be and what freedom comes in that. I thank you, God, for using the least of these, for using the messy, for using the untrained to hear from you and to speak for you. What an incredible partnership. We're honored and humbled by it. So I'm humbled even this morning to be on this stage, Lord. To speak the utterances of you and speak from your word is not lost on me. And so God, I pray that you would help all of us to see that when we press into your power, we press into your spirit, we can change the world. And within that, we are changing our transformation in our own hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to uh, dive through as uh, we've kind of been letting you know, for those that, uh, that are, haven't come in a couple weeks, we're going through the book of Acts um, and we're trying to do that, I think in like 10 weeks or 12 weeks, I don't know, something ridiculously uh, impossible to do. Um, and so I was given the chapters three and four. And, you know, when we are talking about it, they're like, just what stands out to you? And I'm like, the whole thing. How can I share the whole thing's important? The, every single word and every single part. And they're like, Carrie, just calm down. Nobody else is having such a hard time with this but you. And I'm like, you're just asking too much of me. Like, I get stuck. I mean, you guys know. I read chapter 12 about Abraham in Genesis for like a year. Like, what are they wanting from me? So I am going to give you chapter three in a very short, my own condensed version, because I cannot share chapter four, which is where the power is, without telling you what happened in chapter three. I just can't do it ethically. So chapter three. Here we already know they've been in the upper room. The disciples have been in the room. They have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They are speaking in tongues that everybody could hear the different languages. If you don't know what happened, go back and listen to Will's message. It was fire last week. I loved it. I even took notes in my Bible, which means you are preaching. If I am taking a legitimate note, that stays in my Bible. He did amazing. Go back and listen. Yeah. That's good to clap because it's hard to get up here. Anyway, I could preach about that too. So we find that now they're, 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 they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're walking around, but you have to understand they don't know actually what this means for their lives. We have context and reference. We know what's going to happen. We know what happens next. We've read Revelation. We know what happens in the end, right? They don't know any of this. They just know we saw Jesus. He went back up. Something crazy happened in our room. We are now filled with the Holy Spirit, which is what Jesus told us what happened, that I'm going to give you something greater than even the presence of myself. So now they have this and they're walking around like, wow, this is crazy. What's happening? But where we find ourselves in chapter three is Peter and John are now going to the temple at about three o'clock in the afternoon to do their normal ritualistic religious act. They're going to go to the temple where sacrifices happen. It's called the ninth hour, about 3 p.m. in the evening. They're going to go and do what they normally do. So they've had this major experience and there's so much I could just preach on that, but I don't have time. So they're on their way to go do their regular things after they've had this supernatural experience. Okay? So keep living your life. God's working. You don't got to stop and sit on a hill and wait for him. You just go about your day. God's going to work. So they go to the temple. I'm already behind because this is so good. And then as they're walking, they see a beggar. 
The beggar is in front of the temple. He cannot enter the temple because he's unclean. So he is a beggar. He is broken. His legs are broken. He cannot walk. He has to be carried there every day. He's about 40 years old. Every day he gets put there, jingles, I don't know, jingles a cup. I don't know what he does, but he asks for money, you know, and Peter walks by. He makes eye contact with this man. This man is like, can you give me some money? And Peter looks at him and says, I have no silver or gold, but what I have for you is far greater. And he looks at him in the eyes and he says, by the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And it says in that moment that they literally saw with his eyes, with their eyes, his bones begin to put back in shape. And he's like, like a Bambi, you know, just like, what is happening? You know, and his legs start straightening up and, and he starts walking. It literally says in the scripture, you should go back and read it. Y'all should be reading Acts. Don't take our word for it. You should be reading it. Okay. Go back and read. I've been reading it. I'm reading ahead. I'm a very good student because <laughs> I know for the next 10 weeks what I'm supposed to be preaching on. So I'm like, okay, I got to figure this out. It's fascinating. And so, so it literally says as he starts to stand and this is actually prophetic. You'd have to go back and read in Old Testament scripture that men will be leaping with joy as they are healed. This man, it says he walks into the temple and he's like leaping. Can't, I, I just see it like a leprechaun leap, you know, like he's just like clicking his heels because he walked for the first time 40 years. He starts walking in and Peter, they just go, all right, heal the man. I don't know. This is what I feel like I'm supposed to do right now. Holy Spirit's guiding me to do this. I see the one and he walks in to go about doing what they came to do, to go do sacrifice. Well, as, and, and worship. So as they come in, all the people start going, hey, we know that guy. That guy's been sitting out front. They've seen him every day. He's been sitting out in front of the temple and they're like, what's going on? You're walking. And the guy's standing there rejoicing for what has happened to him. And Peter and John start having this dialogue with these men and start realizing, and it says, and the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, they start speaking to all of these people in the temple and start telling them about Jesus. And you got to go back and read it because Peter just starts calling them out about being ignorant and all this stuff. It's so funny. I just love it because he just starts calling them out. But he's like, but look, I know y'all are ignorant. You killed the Savior, but he rose up. It's okay. He won't forgive you. If you want to know him, repent. They start turning. And it says 5,000 men. They didn't count the women that were there because they were actually between in the temple, the women's gate. So that means that there were women there. They didn't count that. But 5,000 men come to know and understand that Jesus Christ is alive because of what Peter's saying, the boldness of what Peter has to say. Well, as this is, it's like stirring around. I mean, 5,000 people is no small feat, right? So the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, which are the religious right, you know, the people that control everybody's lives. Yeah, we've, we've met those before. And, and want to tell everybody how to live and, and how to walk in Christianity, or, or actually how to walk in Judaism, how to, how to, how to, stay in the structure. You know, we've killed Jesus. We're good now. It's back to us being in charge. And they start hearing, it's like, that Jesus won't die, you know? But they see that Peter is talking and causing a stir and people are turning away from the religion and towards the man and they don't like it. It says that they're actually seized in that moment. They want to shut them up. So they actually take Peter and John, and because it's late in the evening, they don't have time to do trial. So now Peter and John are in jail. They were just going to do a sacrifice, I mean, to hang out in the temple and worship. They were just on their way, minding their business. 
It doesn't say what they talked about in the jail, but I wonder what they were talking about. Now we find ourselves the next morning and Peter and John are standing before the Sanhedrin. It says they actually pull them into the middle of the temple because they want this to be a spectacle. And I love as Peter and John stand there, we find ourselves in, in chapter four, in verse uh, eight. It says, then Peter, oh, verse seven, and when they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or what name have you done this? Now, it's important to remember that when you stand at any place in your life, you don't just stand with just power, you stand with a name that backs you. So he goes in and says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for the benefit, or I'm going to read it from here because I didn't, I only brought my big Bible. I couldn't remember my small Bible. It's a whole thing. So I'm going to read from here. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to you all and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one who referred to the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected now became the cornerstone. He's now referencing Old Testament. He's now using the very knowledge that they have to show them what you have done has already been prophesied and my king lives on. Verse 12 then says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. I look at this and I'm, I'm reading Peter and I'm all jazzed up. You know, I'm like, get him, Peter. You know, you, you got it, right? Like he's being bold, but we have to take it back a little bit. Remember Peter? Peter Jesus's road dog, best friend, I'm going to build the church on you, Peter. The same Peter that when asked, when Jesus is about ready to be crucified, hey, aren't you with that man? This is the same man that denied him three times, walked away, chose to survive, chose to keep his life. We have the same Peter sounds like such a different person. You see, something happens when you encounter the love of God and the power of God. Peter changed from being a survivor to a non-survivor. You see, when you're unbeatable, you become bold. Peter knew something. Something as I read this, and even if you don't believe in the scripture, what compelled a man who saw what they did to his savior, regardless of whether you believe he rose or not, I want you to think now in human ideas, what compelled a man that saw how his buddy was bruised, beaten, historical fact, on a cross, taken out, not just a pretty death, a gruesome, horrible death. Peter has time to think in jail. John has time to think, you know, 
we, we could get out easier. Let's just keep it low, keep a low profile. We already got 5,000. That's pretty, doing pretty good. We saved a guy. We healed him. He's walking. We're doing good. Keep it low. No. Something rises up inside of Peter as we see in verse 8, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter doesn't know what he's going to say. He was just going to do his thing, his normal ritualistic thing. And on the way, he's been changed. He's willing to die for this. He knows how his savior died. He's willing to die for this. So as we question, can we trust the Bible? Do we know it's true? How do we know what happened? And I get it. I've done it too. But I'm watching eyewitnesses of a man who boldly stood in the middle of a temple and claimed with full authority, not knowing the end. We know the end. He doesn't die here. He didn't care. He moved from survivor to non-survivor. When you are unbeatable, you are bold. Because what can man do to me? If this is where my road ends, it was for the sake of Christ. It was for the sake of what I saw with my own eyes. It was for the sake of the power of the lost, of the cripple that's sitting in front of the temple and the 5,000 that now know. It's not about your religion that saves you. It's a man, Jesus Christ. It's powerful. I love this part in verse verse, uh, uh, 12. Or verse 13, sorry. Now as they observed, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Don't you love that part of the scripture? Because I am an ordinary woman with not a lot of training. And I've spent my whole life being trained. And the more training I get, the more I realize, I don't know very much. And the Sanhedrin is sitting there baffled because these men are speaking with such boldness and ferocity, fierceness, audacity. And they're just ordinary men, untrained. It goes on to say, do I have more year? But since they could see the man. Oh, no. I love this part. No special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Remember, Peter? People were saying, weren't you the one that was with Jesus? No. Now, Peter, non-survivor, unbeatable, just by the boldness of who he says, they can't help but realize and recognize he's been with Jesus. This is the one. And since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. Now, non-believers in the room, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. But I love this point in scripture. You would think that it would be of their best interest at this point to start refuting all the things of why Jesus shouldn't be alive. You would think that this would be their great opportunity to start silencing and quieting the likes of Peter and John. 
They got nothing. The boldness of Peter and the healing of one man, the untrained and the lame beggar, shut up all the religious right. Jesus lives on. It's what he did when he walked on the earth, and he's doing it now through his people, quieting those that think they know it all, quieting those who put the beggar to shame and the untrained to quiet down. He silenced them. You see, Jesus lives on because they were filled with his spirit. In Matthew, we look at Matthew and Jesus is leading the disciples. The scripture's not up here, but I'm just throwing it out to you. In Matthew chapter 10, he tells the disciples, there will be a time when I'm not here, but you will stand before the court. Do not worry about what you're gonna say because the Holy Spirit will fill you and give you boldness. And it's happening. And it's still happening today. We move on. This is not on there on your on your screen. But the Sanhedrin don't know what to do. So they, 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 they tell Peter and John, you know what? It's, it's like when your kids are needing to be disciplined, but they've baffled you because they've talked back and they've made a really good point. And you're like, hold on, dad and I need a break. We need, a, we need to convene. You're smarter than me. You're stronger than me. We need to talk about this. So they send Peter and John, you know, could you please wait over there for a minute? And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, we got this. You know, because they're feeling, they're feeling bold right now. Like, take my life. So they get together and they're like, we can't have this happen. What are they going to do? I know. We'll just tell them. It's fine what you've done now. We just don't want you to say anymore. Just be done. So they come, it says, they come back around, call Peter and John back in. They're like, hey, they don't really address what's happened. We just need you to stop talking about this. Let's quiet this down. Peter ain't having it. Verse 19, it's not up there. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you can be the judge. But for we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and what we have heard. 21 says, and when they had threatened them further, they finally let them go. They founding no basis which they might punish them on the account of the people because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. Get out of here. Remember, the very same people that crucified his Savior, that, 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 that took the life of his Savior, he's now, him and Peter, or John and Peter, are now standing before them They know where this could end. In fact, I'm assuming in their mind, they're thinking this is over. But if we're going down, we're going down with the truth. You ever been so compelled by something that you can't help but speak the truth? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a survivor, man. When push comes to shove, I mean, I've played paintball. I was terrible. I hid behind the, the little basket thing that, at the whole game. I'm not trying to get hit. People are like, carry on our team. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know. I am not getting hit by that thing. People are dying. They take it very seriously, by the way, in paintball. It's a very serious game. 
And finally at the end, I was the only one left and she's like, uh, you gotta go get the flag. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I'm coward. I'm terrible, I'm a total survivor. But something happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, fills you. You see, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He's present with you. You are sealed for salvation by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But he didn't just leave it there. He now sends his power to you. And I'm gonna be honest with you, church. I don't think we tap into that power very much. I think we tap into our humanistic way of how can I solve this and add a little Jesus juice on it. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm spinning my wheels and I love psychology and I love diving into my brain, like probably too much. I love it. I love sitting and figuring out and getting honest about where we are, but it only goes so far. Psychology can only heal us to one point. It only makes us more aware. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to heal and give us boldness. But he's inside of you. And you're going, but I struggle with this. I'm not asking you to ignore it, no. What I'm asking you to do is be honest about where you are and your need and pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to embolden you to heal you. My grandpa, who is a Baptist Southern Revival preacher, he used to preach in tents. Can you, you see where it's, it's happening? <laughs> he would say, God, where prayer is focused, power falls. And when I sit in the front, I'm just like, I don't, I'm looking around like, is it gonna happen right now? <laughs> I started thinking about that. When prayer is focused, power falls. It's inside us. The Holy Spirit fills us. And I think we pray in these generalistic like, God, I'm just a mess. I'm so broken. And he's like, I know. But let's focus in our prayers. God, I'm struggling with anxiety and it's riddling my bones and it's making me feel like I can't get up. And he's going, all right, take it before me. Not to push it down like I just need more, just read more scriptures. No, no, no. This is a relationship with Jesus Christ where he wants your honesty and your heart so that he can focus in on where that fragile place is and send his spirit to fill you even more with his presence and his power. I love as we, we kind of look through what's happening in chapter four, they're, they're released, you know, and I, you know that they left that moment, they're like, let's go, we're free. They didn't think they were gonna get free. They just ran. I, I mean, I, it doesn't say that, but you know. They were like, okay, cool, man, we're out of here. I don't want you to change your mind. They ran to the, to the place where, where their homies, where their buddies were. They told them all that had happened. And the whole room's just amazed. I mean, you remember when you came to Jesus and there was amazement. There was wonder at what he was doing in your life and you couldn't believe it and you were so broken and so lost, but you were experiencing church or, or someone's kind words or, or whatever it is that came you, brought you to Jesus, but you were filled with wonder. It's when you started wearing like your God's gym shirt. <laughs> you know, you got a little weird there for a while because you just were amazed. You couldn't believe that God saved a wretch like you. 
I just want to stop there. Do you remember it? I do. And it wasn't just once. I mean, I was saved once. I'm saved, man. I was saved. But the more that I was broken and the more the Holy Spirit entered into those moments, the more amazed I become. You people always say, Carrie, you're so, you're so into the Bible. <laughs> you're so into Jesus. Because I've seen and I've heard. I've watched what he's done in my life and it's, it's changed me forever. And I struggle. But I keep coming back to the word. And as he's sitting there and he's talking and Chapter 4, I don't know what verse I have. It's like 29. I don't know what I gave you guys. 29, there we go. And now, O Lord, hear their threats. This is as they start to pray. When they've experienced great revival, when they've experienced great power, they come together, and instead of like, yeah, look at us. Whoa, yeah, we got it. We healed a man. Nope. They come in and they're like, we don't know what just happened, man. Crazy things are happening. I mean, this is only like 60-something days after Jesus like rose. Like, this is all really crazy and new. So they go down to pray. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. I want you to know, you got the Holy Spirit right now. Brothers and sisters, if you know Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit. But I want you to get this. They prayed for more. What audacity to come before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to pray for more power, more boldness. I mean, they just healed a man. And they want more? Yes! You need more. I need more. God does not want you to be satisfied with just the little. He loves when you come and ask for more. So if you're struggling, pray for more power. Ask for more of the Lord. Ask for his presence. Come audaciously and boldly in a humble heart before the throne. Your king says, I want more, Lord. I'm so tired of being consumed by this. I'm so tired of it having power and authority over my life. I want more. As I woke up early this morning praying for my oldest son, he's a teenager. I, it's, it's very much encouraging my prayer life. And I don't know exactly how to raise him. I don't know how to reach his heart. And to be honest with you, fear consumes me all the time about it. So worried about him. So this morning, I wasn't supposed to get up till 7.30. You all know, I don't do early morning. Don't like it. But I can't sleep. So I just get on the side of my bed and I go, God, you got to come into this place of fear. So I can't love him through this. I can't see clearly through the fear. I need you to come into this place of fear. I need more of your power. 
I need more of your perspective and more of your presence. And I didn't feel God say, I've given you enough, Carrie. You should be happy with it. No, I felt something break off. The fear break off. And then I woke my husband up and said, we have fear. We need to pray. He's like, okay, let's pray. He's very used to this. And we start praying together. We need boldness. Church, brothers and sisters, the spirit is active and alive today. And we don't need to walk around thinking he's active like, you know, he's going to send clouds and gold dust. We need to realize that he's active in our ordinary everyday lives. And as I end this message, I want you to hear clearly something. As Peter and John were walking into the temple and they were caught eyes with a beggar, The Holy Spirit will give you eyes for the one and then he will give you words to say to the many. But when we are led by his presence, we're moved for the one. Peter and John didn't change the hearts of those people. Peter and John didn't change the hearts of the Sanhedrin. I want you to hear this. Jesus Use the beggar, the broken, forgotten, lost to society man to bear witness to the boldness and truth that Peter was sharing. The Sanhedrin let them go because they couldn't refute the miracle in front of them. So you think that your story or your brokenness discounts you. Oh no, it's the very thing that God partners with, that the Holy Spirit uses. As I speak boldly on behalf of the broken, as I speak boldly because of what God has done, because I'm far from Peter, I'm much more like the beggar. Because my legs and my heart and my soul have been so broken. But what God and the Holy Spirit has done has come in and start to strengthen my legs. And as depression would try to take me out and anxiety and addiction and broken marriage tried to silence me, Holy Spirit started to heal me. And when the Holy Spirit starts to heal you, boldness can't help but consume you. I've become unbeatable. And so have you. You just need to believe it. You just need to believe it and pray for more. So don't let your brokenness keep you from being a light. Don't let your brokenness say, I'm no Peter, I'm no John. Without the broken man, Peter and John's message couldn't have been as powerful. You see, God's working. The Holy Spirit's working everywhere. Y'all got me preaching today, but I'm telling you, I'm preaching this because I need it. Because lately, I felt a little beatable. Lately, I've felt a little overwhelmed. I see the brokenness in front of me and the professional Christians I've been partnering with. (laughs) And some days, I feel super small. I've shared this with you. And every time I open this, this thing, this word, this scripture, I've started to see it now through the grid of God's intimacy with me, not his judgment. 
his freedom for me, not his condemnation. When I read it and I see about Peter and John and I see about the beggar, the scripture comes alive because he says, Carrie, I'm waiting. Ask. Ask for more. I'm not saying believe scripture just to put it in your head and check a box. Maybe it's time you believed scripture in your heart and you asked for more. And if you're skeptic and you're hurting, tell him, I'm hurting. I'm angry at you, God. So if you have power to give in that place, I'm asking for it and go to the word. This is where you will meet him. You'll also meet him in the kind hands of a brother and sister that sits in here. You'll meet him at the communion table. You'll meet him at the guy that I talked to at Starbucks today, who I know is beyond hurting. I see him all the time. His name's Angel. And I got to walk him to his car today and just put my hand on his back. I didn't say I'm praying for you. It wasn't right. It wasn't the time to say in boldness what I needed to say. The boldness for me today was stopping and being 10 minutes late to coming here and just ministering by listening. You have this in you. It's already there. The power of the Holy Spirit is present and alive today. Don't let anybody tell you different. Don't let humanism get in the way, fixing yourself. You need more. And it's being offered. Peter and John were untrained. Untrained. They didn't know much. They just spoke by the power of the Holy Spirit what they had seen and heard. If you need more, ask. And don't stop asking. Something that's so beautiful that we do here is every week we come to the table. Every week we come to a place of thanksgiving, of a place of brokenness, to realize that not so long ago, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, came to earth lived a life to show you he is not a high priest who sits on high, who can't sympathize with your weaknesses, but he loves you and he died for you. So every week we do this, we take communion, we think about what he did on the cross and how he died for us, but also how he rose again to give us new life. And that he, when he left, he sent his spirit to give us strength and power to speak boldness, to speak kindly for those that people are not speaking kind about, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So we're gonna do something today where we're gonna come before the communion table, but we're gonna take together in unity. So I'm gonna have you come down and I'm gonna have you take the bread and dip it in the cup and bring it back to your seat without taking it. And once we're all seated, we're gonna sit in silence for an uncomfortable three minutes.
And I'm going to ask you to have time with the Lord. He's so alive and so real. I just think we don't take time to listen. So we're going to partake together. So if you'd stand up with me and just make your way down here and partake of the elements. And then I'll guide us once you get back to your seat. This is my body that was broken for you. This is the blood that was shed for you, for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Jesus says, take this, do this in remembrance of me. What a good morning we've had. I don't know about you, but I've had a good morning. Thank you for letting me share with you guys today from the heart of God and from his word. I will leave you with this. Go ahead and stand with me so I can let you out of here. Ephesians says, when you are filled with the spirit, you will find him in the word. It will fill you through spiritual songs and thanksgiving and through being subject to one another. This is where the spirit is found and this is where he wants to be found in you today. If you need prayer today, if you're just like, I need more. We have men and women that are over there in the corner that want to pray for you. As insignificant as a shoulder hurt, right, Daniel? (laughs) And as big as your broken heart, we are here to meet you in this place and pray with you, pray for you, and continue to pray with you as we leave this week. So let me pray for you now. One last thing, if you call Vox your home, we'd love to keep this going. So we'd love for you to participate with us in your financial giving, and you can give that in the box out front. Participate in us that way to continue what God is doing here. God, we just ask for more. I want more power. Amen? I want more power. I want more from you, God. I need healing in places still. I need you to find and me to be honest about those places where I need you. And so, God, we just pray that you'd meet us here today. For those of us searching and wandering, for those of us in the waiting, for those of us on the verge of victory, for those of us who want some serious breakthrough, God, we just ask that you'd meet us. Help us to come, not on behalf of me. It is not my prayer that will draw you to their heart. It is their prayer to you, their loving Father, when they say, we want more. I want more. So I ask God that your spirit would be thick and alive this week. Let us come before you every day this next week and just ask for more, to get honest about where we are and watch as you heal and move and give us boldness. We thank you, God, for this morning. We thank you for Vox. We thank you for your presence here. And all God's people said, amen. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Vox Community Podcast. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash voxcommunity. Participate in the Vox Community at voxoc.com slash participate.